We still do seven NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Ray. Thursday night brings us Super Mac and Gibbo. Good evening, chaps. Hi, guys. Hi, John. Hi, good, to see, good to see you. And as always, one hour to discuss what's going on at Newcastle United. And uh, thought I'd start with something a, a bit different tonight, lads. Um, as always, we, uh, we, you know, we'll be looking ahead to the, uh, the Chelsea game a little bit later on. But I did get a, an inbox uh, from uh, one of our regular uh, viewers, uh, Stephen Kennedy. Uh, today and he, he was touching on a subject which which I've mentioned already on the show this week but um, he wanted to know your opinions um, he said I'd like to mention again the feedback I got from France 18 to 20 months ago my niece lived in Troyes with her husband he was a Chesterfield supporter and he used to go and watch Reims two or three times a month and he told me that Hugo Ekatike was an outstanding talent however he aggravated his teammates as it would always it was always about him he hardly ever recognised the assist he got. He would yell and tell his teammates how good he was when he scored a worldie, and he'd wind the opposition up by making them look like fools and laughing at them. He told me if Hugo was a Newcastle player 20 years ago, Shearer and Bellamy would have given him a black eye. Uh, when Newcastle were interested, uh, his teammates had their fingers crossed. They were gutted when he stayed. He, he, com um, he also compared him uh, to Supermac. He said he heard that when Mal came to Newcastle, he was young, brash and cocky. And he says it was confidence on his behalf. Uh, and he says, and Mal knew uh, how to get the ball. And nine, nine times out of ten, it was in the back of the net or the goalie had pulled off a wordy. He says, well, Hugo is all those things Mal was, but with one exception. He says, and when you hear him talk, uh, you know it's true about any team he played for. Mal gave his teammates and his managers all the praise that was due. He says, and when Malcolm talks about goals he scores, he praises the build-up, the work and the skill it took to provide the killer pass. He says, when Ekatike is interviewed, it's all about him. He says, can you see someone like that fitting into St. James's Park dressing room? He says, I can't. He says, now I know that Eddie can take a, a turd and polish it, he says, uh, the sparkle. He says, but the turd has got to want the sparkle. He says, I just want to see that happening. My niece's husband said before we played PSG at home, that if Hugo was any good, he would have been a regular by now, but he puts it down to attitude because the lad has a load of talent. And he said, Let's face it, Europe's elite sides are not queuing up for his signature. Reckon if he did, it would only be to try and put himself in the shop window, and we shouldn't buy into this project. He's had two opportunities to do that already. And having said that, if anyone can make a player out of him, it would be Eddie. But can we afford the luxury of waiting until he does? We need ready to start players due to our injury predicament. He said, I'm so sorry to go on. As much as I love to see exciting talent on the pitch, we get on with, we get on. Have we lost Steve then? Yeah. Um, and so I think that was fantastic. Ah, there we are. Ah, sorry, lads. Internet. I can't believe it. I'm re I've read that whole thing out. Did you miss most of it or did you miss No, it? Did just you that little yeah. bit at the yeah. end. No, we heard most of it. All right, well, the last bit at the end was, he said, I'm sorry to go on. He says, but as much as I love to see an exciting team and talent on the pitch, he says, we get on with teamwork. There is no I in team. So I've just said, thank you, Stephen, for sending such a fantastic uh, message to us today. What's your thoughts on that then, lads? Malcolm, well, go for it. Straight away, Steve, um, the, 
the fella doesn't see it as a team game. And you, you can be um, individual all you like, but but you have to have um, but you have to have a, a great relationship with with the players around you. Um, it, if not, then then there's always going to be a friction, and you don't play well together when there's friction. Um, and and this this fella uh, um, just uh, um, going literally solo in a in a team game. It doesn't work. It can't work. Uh, I've, have you ever, John? In all the years that you and I have been watching football, mm. can we think of of one person who actually makes it in the game um, without sort of uh, um, giving at least reference, if nothing else, to teammates? No, absolutely not. You're absolutely right, Malcolm, and you would know more than me, but you're absolutely right. I've watched them all from Newcastle United to the England sides and to the Bobby Charlons and Man U, etc., etc. And if you're arrogant and aloof and take part, don't take part, because it's an 11-man game. It doesn't matter how great you are, if you let 10 gang up against you, especially yeah. as forward at the, at the tough end of the pitch, then you will get no service and you will die. You can't afford to alienate. You might early in your career, like TK, when he first starts at Reims, doing this. But as you come up the ladder, he's went to Paris Saint-Germain and done absolutely nothing. And now he wants out of there because obviously they haven't recognised his talent in his eyes. Um, but no, in, in a team game, it's got to be a team game. For Malcolm to be great, and he was great, he wanted and needed Hibby. And so it goes on throughout the whole team. Yeah, um, and others. Yes, totally. He needed Frank Clark to defend. He needed Willie McFall to pull off safety. Mm -hmm. He needed yes. Fred in the middle of the park. He needed Trude to dovetail with you, etc., 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 etc. And really, John, all, all all my job was was to finish off what was what was a team effort. Mind you, say, you, you say that's that's also the hardest bit to do, Malcolm. But you're right. But it's yes. the hardest bit to do to finish it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yes, I, I just finished off all the hard work that that, that the team have, have put in to 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 a move to to construction um, out on the pitch, and uh, but, and if somebody else scored. I see. I, I get the impression, Steve, that if somebody else scores, this fellow's not interested. Yeah. And but if if in reality, if if somebody else scores, the goal scorer, the main goal scorer, has got to be as excited for that person as he gets when he scores himself. You 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 must do. Otherwise, you're letting other others know. That that you're that selfish that you don't give a damn about them at all. You're just concentrating purely and simply on yourself. That that um, people people called me all sorts um, uh, when I was playing. But the but the point was, I had to find my way of finishing off the hard work of all the other guys. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I found it fascinating, and I, I, it was that was a long message, but it was worth listening to because I found it fascinating to listen to somebody who was on the ground when this young man was uh, pulling up trees in in France and could give us that insight. Newcastle United did recognise his talent very early on. They did persist. Mm -hmm. They stayed with it, which is their way of handling everything in the transfer market. That was superb. The guy and his agent, who wasn't very likable, incidentally, and wasn't very kosher in, in playing it straight bat and pad with Newcastle United, and his agent had several opportunities to come to Newcastle, eventually didn't take them after pretending that they were going to take them and went off to Paris and Germain. It hasn't worked there. And quite frankly, I don't want them. 
you know, he's had plenty chances to come here, decided repeatedly not to come here. And then when he made a wrong choice, and it looked a wrong choice right from the start, because Paris Saint-Germain have so many quality forwards that you're not going to get into the team automatically from the day you arrive when you're a young player. Um, but because it hasn't... Uh, Worked out. It looks as if he's tripping over his his pet lip. Um, thankfully, I'm told that despite what has been said recently about us reviving interest in him, because we do need a centre forward and we need a centre forward big time in January, because Callum unfortunately is just um, underlining what we all. Mm. which is he's not available regularly enough good though he is he's not available regularly enough and perhaps Isaac isn't either but I'm told that Newcastle are unlikely to go down that road that same road despite what's been floated in the last few days they're unlikely to go down that road and try to bring him in yet again and to be perfectly truthful I'm quite happy with that because enough's enough and the guy hasn't given off good vibes for me. And if you don't want to come here, don't. All right, John, what, what do you make of the um, of the talk about Benzema coming on? Um, on loan? On loan. Mm. On loan. Um, well, it's not a matter of whether I would like him or not. I don't think it'll happen. I'm not certain we will get the huge names that are out there. And I'm not certain whether we want them at this stage of the career they're at. Because um, your worry is that Dole will come in and, and try to be the superstar and everybody's got to bow when the doors open, etc., etc. Et and I do know that he fell out with the manager, which led to the manager getting the sack out there. Now, I'm not blaming him for one second because perhaps the manager deserved the sack i don't know but once the manager fell out with the super name that it cost a fortune for the saudis to bring in the manager went now that sort of power is not what we necessarily want to bring into newcastle united while warn about what won't happen which is easier to talk about than what will do not think that news <coughs> the old wolves guy is automatically through the doors newcastle's uh, on loan signing from Saudi just because that door has been allowed to remain open. That is terrific news for Newcastle. Something will happen. They have a huge advantage with um, who owns the Saudi clubs and who owns Newcastle United to get deals through quick. But it's not automatic it'll be that guy either. He is liked by Eddie Howe, but there are one or two reasons why it may not happen. So... That is open-ended and is not past the post at this stage of life, what it might be like by mid-January. And by the way, I'm looking, guys, with our injury list for us to get off to a flyer. I'm looking and expecting that Newcastle United are doing deals as we sit here now so that on January the 1st, mm -hmm. press the button and somebody yeah. comes we don't start in January trying to buy somebody and get them in the middle of January or the third week of January. <laughs> we do the deals now. And yes. on January the 1st, you press the button. Let's face it, there'll be a few red herons out there as well. Um, Absolutely. You know, and there'll be, a few, there'll be a few agents putting stories out there to uh, you know to link Newcastle to particular players just to try and get other clubs interested. We know how the game works. We know all about it. And um, from our perspective, we'll watch with, with interest. A few questions coming in. So uh, we'll, we'll have a, a dip into those. Uh, another centre-forward being linked with Newcastle. Um, I shook my head as soon as I saw this question. Keith Rose says, what are your thoughts on the talk uh, linking Dominic Calvert-Lewin uh, with a move to Newcastle. And, I, and I'll, Listen, I'll, I'll... Steve, what you're about to say, I think, is what I'm about to say. We've got a better version in him that's exactly the same as him, called Callum mm. Wilson, who's injured as often as he's injured. We yeah. need to replace Callum Wilson with another clock like a hole in the head, mate. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Malcolm, you, you've got to agree with that. Mm. Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, well, what, what we need, I, I, I really do feel, um, just for, 
um, for the last half of the season um, is is somebody who, who who's not only going to be a, a good addition to the team, um, it's going to bring a, some good experience, but is a renowned goal scorer, um, and and they're not easy to find. And somebody who keeps themselves fit, you know, I, 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 um, that, which is why I mentioned Benzema because his record is is absolutely top notch. Um, but uh, but of course it. it, it if if he would have been loaned out to to Newcastle at his time of 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 his career, uh, it, it, he he's not going to want to be tossed around from from one country to another, is he? You know, he, he wants to just get nicely settled down um, and enjoy where where he is. My two thoughts on a, on a centre forward. Uh, and the dire need for a centre-forward. And I do think there's a dire need now because, you know, this has been one injury too far for me with dear Callum. I mean, I love him to death and I think he's a terrific player, but he's gone again. And and how often is this going to happen? We cannot... It doesn't matter if you've got the greatest player in the world. If he's never fit, he's no good to you. It, 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 yeah. It's a harsh old world football. And it's very difficult not to be emotional or sentimental and say, well, isn't this guy great and isn't it lovely? And let's stick with him because hopefully he'll be all right. And Football is not a sentimental game. It's a no, it's, it, it isn't, John. And, and I think that... Um... I think that what we've got to realise is that Newcastle United are now in that position where where they can look to compete with the Manchester Cities, the Man Uniteds, the Liverpools, Chelsea's, and so on. The question is, would Pep Guardiola put up with a player in that situation? No, no of course not. Of course, no. the two interesting no. things, Malcolm, in approaching what we might do in January is, first of all, the midfield player who comes in because of the long suspension of Tenali will almost certainly come in on loan because he'll only come in to cover Tenali's absence. Yes. And at the end of the season, would we'll go back to his club because Tenali will be starting very soon after the new season starts but the striker can come in in order to come in permanently because we need the striker permanently he doesn't need to be on loan the striker the, the midfield player does because we don't want but then john you're, you're into the realms of big money huge money and... i think it's not just that malcolm what we you're absolutely right but I think it's not just that, and it depends at what stage you get him. I mean, if you get Nizak, who we got for sixty million, which is big, big money, but it's because he was on the up. He wasn't the Isaac would would cost more money now than sixty million, if, especially if he remains mm. fit after this last injury, because he is progressing. Sure, he can do it in the Premier League. And but for me, the worry isn't just. Wouldn't it be huge money? The worry for me is how many clubs will let a top natural goal scorer go in January when the window's only open for a month and they have virtually no time to get a replacement mm -hmm. in? It is easier to sign those sort of guys in the summer, Malcolm, isn't it? Where yes, they've got four, four months or whatever for you to do your business. If you buy a top striker in January, that club's three weeks, two weeks or one week to replace him. And therefore, they don't want to do the deal. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and and probably they wouldn't be able to replace anyway, John. And then they're, they're left with, with, with oh, playing yes. a depleted side. And, the, and their own fans going crackers. Yes, of course. Yeah. Would you, uh, would you give them a new contract if you're a manager? Uh, Andy asks you, Malcolm. I mean, you know, if he if he was happy to stay at the club as part of it, but go on the uh, on the subs bench and come on as a super sub, you know, that last twenty minutes when Newcastle are looking for a goal, looking for a different option. Um, I'm, I, I I would need to know the exact medical situation. Yeah. Um, and then and then I would make such a judgment um but i would i would want to know from the 
from the professionals who who, who are looking after him, um, the physios, the doctors, and, and, and what have you, what the prognosis is in terms of just how much is he going to be able to play from here on, and if if it's and if it's not a, a, a confident report about his fitness, then no, I wouldn't give him a new contract. And and I like the fellow. I like the fellow personally. I um, and I certainly like um, him as a uh, as a goal scorer. Um, I, I I think he's absolutely terrific. Um, but you cannot have. Uh, um, you you can't allow your your heart to rule your head. I'm not certain when his contract's up, Steve. We might be able to find that out. His current contract, I mean, when we talk about getting him a new one, has he a year left on the deal? Has he two years left on his current deal? I mean, mm. um, because if he had a year or two years, there's no need yeah. to make a decision. No, like that's that. right. Absolutely, John. Yeah, and I, I I I feel. Eddie Howe has this, not just this huge loyalty to players. Look at the fact that Dubrovka uh, uh, is still here, but not just him. The Dummett and Richie are still here when they could have been allowed to go, but he gave them an extra year or a little bit on the yeah. contract. He likes players that he knows he can trust. He loves Callum Wilson from way back in the Bournemouth days together when he was his manager yes. at Bournemouth when Callum Wilson got his first England cap and he's got him now he's, he's a lovely lovely man with a great attitude and he scores goals so I think mm. I think he would like him round if I was Callum Wilson with the injury problems I've got you know what I would take reduced money to stay at Newcastle and get a longer contract and sit on the bench because I'll tell you something once you turn 30 with his injury record he's not going to get a better club than Newcastle and if he stays here and all of a sudden he gets a little purple patch unexpected and gets into the team regularly which has just happened to Jamal Lascelles he's suddenly playing in the Champions League next season or the season afterwards in the Newcastle team Etc. Etc. He is not going to get a better club now than the club he's got, and he is a very intelligent man, and he'll know that, and he'll yeah. think very hard about it. And I think he'll only go if Newcastle pushed him out the door. And Eddie Howe doesn't do that, you know. Mm. Okay, interesting stuff. Uh, another striker um, who we would imagine is going to move maybe in the January window is uh, Ivan Tony. Ian Brownlee uh, says, I'd be going for Tony. He says, I don't care what happened in the past. We need a proven goal scorer. Um, Tony's proven at Premier League level. Um, is he the Eddie Howe kind of player, though, uh, Malcolm? Oh, I think if, um, if if you can stick the ball in the net with the regularity of Tony, then, then uh, yes, uh, um, Eddie Howe would uh, love to have a player like that. But he's shown that already with Callum Wilson. Um, that, that, that they are somewhat similar players. Um, <clears throat> so uh, um, the, the irony is, of course, that Tony w w was once at Newcastle mm. and, and he was like, <laughs> um, uh, so uh, yeah, but I think if you, if they were going to look to bring Tony in then you move Callum Wilson on and you make the space for Tony not just not just in the dressing room and, and um, out on the field but also um, on the wage bill by the way Connie's just come up with a, an interesting thing that's run along the bottom of the, the screen Steve that yeah. uh, Callum Wilson's contract isn't up to the summer of 2025 yeah. so don't make a decision now there's no need to yeah, rush no and, need. and you can make it in the last years here because if he wants to go on a free at the end of that so be it but you can do a deal then so the problem is not immediate so we don't have to answer right. that and and the one the one thing that you know about his injury situation his physical situation is it doesn't get any better you it never fully mends it's one of those situations that uh, that you're stuck with you've got to live with 
Callum Wilson, <laughs> the way he is now and the way yeah. he has been recently. Yeah. And his goals per games ratio will always be terrific mm. because he does that. It's just he doesn't play enough games. And too often, we have been left, like we are left in the last three weeks, and will be sometime in the future, where we've got to play Anthony Gordon as a false number nine or put Joe Linton back into a position where he was very uncomfortable when he first come to us and become a flop. But even if we did that, you're weakening the team in other areas. If you move Gordon to a false nine, you're weakening the outside left position. If you move Joe Linton up top, you're weakening the midfield ways of Colossus in midfield. And you want to do that. Newcastle can't operate on just having Callum Wilson and, yeah, and Alexander Isaac. The John, you make a very good point there. Yeah. And why 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 upset the whole apple cart just for that one position um and just finding somebody to fill it and it's not as if joe linton fills it well he doesn't um gordon he gives it a a, a new aspect but it, it it's not what we're used to it's not what um we know really succeeds up there Malcolm, um, Malcolm, neither neither of them are natural goal scorers. Gordon no, no, or Linton, no. and you and that's something that Callum Wilson is at. Oh, now if they were hundred percent fit regularly, we wouldn't have a problem mm. because they would do magnificently. But unfortunately, yes. they're not. I'm, I hasten to add. I'm hoping that Isaac, who hasn't had the greatest of uh, um, uh, fitness records at Newcastle, but it's nothing that's consistent like Wilson's hamstring. You know, something that's going to go and, as Malcolm says, sure. is never, never going to get any better. It's not like that with Isaac. So Isaac could well come again. And he is a wonderful, wonderful talent, by the way, when he's on blob and he's really up and at it with the feet he's got, the quickness of running behind, the natural athleticism. What a player he is. But even if we have that player regularly, we can't just have one. And he's one. And Callum yeah. Wilson's a half, if you know what I mean. He's not a mm -hmm. one, he's a half. So we've got to get another striker that's a natural through the middle striker, not a fill in, not Gordon filling in, Joe Lynn yeah. filling in, yeah. Anderson when he's fit again playing a false nine. They're not natural goal scorers. In these days, when you don't have strikers hunting in pairs like you had Malcolm with Judah mm. and you, you had Shearer with and etc. When you've only got one middle of the park striker in your side, that striker has to be a natural finisher, which Gordon mm. isn't, and Joe Linton isn't, and Anderson isn't, with respect, three fabulous players, but in other positions. And you need your, your through-the-middle striker to be a natural finisher who will get your goals regularly. And Isaac and Wilson will do that. Unfortunately, Wilson's never available, or 50% of the time isn't available. So we've got to get somebody in. And I don't, in an ideal world, we cannot wait until the summer to do that. We're in an awful transfer window to try to, to do it, to get a centre forward in January. It's an awful transfer window to try to do it. And it's a transfer window where you end up getting somebody like Chris Wood. Um, yes. Steve's favourite. You know, you can get Steve. I'm certain, if we, I'm certain if we doubled our money and bid 50 million, Steve, that Nottingham Forest might consider allowing him to come back here. <laughs> and the good news is, because now we can loan players from Saudi, we could bring ASM back. Yes, there's there's another piece of news. I've and Midrose. I've left one word out of there, but uh, yeah, we could turn the clock back and have Chris Wood and, and uh, Maxie uh, doing a little bit on behalf of the boys. And um, Before Malcolm has a coronary, I'm going to go to the ads. Yes. <laughs> a big thanks to all our sponsors. Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. 
big thanks to Mr. Vicky Sauces. They are handmade in Cumbria. If you want to order some of these sauces, call 01768 210102 or go to their website, uk. Thanks again to United Group Travel. They are a UK coach holiday firm and they are based in Morpeth with pickups throughout the Northeast. No strangers on our tours, just people you haven't met yet. They're on Facebook. They've also got a website, unitedgrouptravel.com or give them a call 01670 632 460 or 0791 4174 or 07957-141-654. Big thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals. They're an independent funeral director based in Gateshead. You can find them at their website, darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk or give them a call 0191 478 2730 or email Darren at darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Big thanks to Neil and the lads at Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things. And a big thank you to New Workwear. You can find them at newworkwear.com. If you want to help the channel, then please subscribe. Hit the subscribe button underneath today's video. Hit the thumb up, which helps you like the video, and please click share and share it to your other social media. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast providers. If you want to help the channel, you could take out a one-off membership. You get a cup, a pen, a membership card, and a scarf. It's a £25 one-off fee, and you can go to anyufcmatters.com and click membership, or put your smartphone over this QR code, and it will take you straight there. We also help the food bank on this channel. If you want to help the food bank virtually from wherever you are in the world, click on nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and it takes you to the match day bucket and you can make a donation, no matter how big or small. I'm also involved in the Northeast Footy Breakfast Show. You can find us on the tuneuk.com. I do Monday to Friday with Ted, the Sunderland fan, and Rye, the Borough fan, and Radio Dad Dave. Uh, lots of fun, 7 till 9, every morning. Give us a listen, you'll not regret it. We also help support people in the area who are putting events on. And even when Nobby Solano takes place on the 19th of January at the Tyneside Irish Club. And an even with Peter Beardsley takes place at the Tyneside Irish Centre the week before, on January the 12th. Tickets for both events are available on Woucher and would make fantastic Christmas presents for anyone of a black and white persuasion. Blue Rhythm Boy, good evening. He says, do you think many will move from Saudi? He says, surely take eyes off their league, which is not what they're trying to achieve. I, I think all of this thing, Malcolm, was blown out of proportion. I think probably the rumour about Neves, you know, was, was put out by either a journalist, an agent, or somebody on social media. It's been picked up. The media have run with the narrative. Um, I find it rather... I, you know, rather rude, I guess, by the media um, to to insinuate that that particular law was just aimed at Newcastle when there's so many clubs have got connections with other clubs um, in other countries. I mean, even the incoming potential owner at Manchester United, Sir Jim Ratcliffe, has an interest in Nice, which, should that takeover go through, mean that one of those clubs can't compete in the Champions League next season. I mean, you know, it, it's yet the media have run with the narrative that well, it's all Newcastle's got the green light now to go and do what they want, which is it's it's not fair, really, on Newcastle. It's it's not right. We're being we're being picked out when it's not. No, just but a, a lot of this, Steve, is to do with the absolute massive wealth yeah. that has moved into New, Newcastle. That that in itself is just frightening the whole of the Premier League, silly. Particularly I mean, the, the the upper section, it's it, it it's frightening them out their mind, because it's the it's just something that they can't compete with. That's why that they that they um, that uh, uh, they're using as as many of the rules as they can to slow Newcastle down, to halt them if they can, um, to hold them back in any way that they possibly can. Because once Newcastle 
once they they build up under the um the, the financial fair play situation and start to look to get to their maximum there's nobody on the planet that is going to be able to live with them i mean nobody yeah. i mean if real madrid barcelona paris saint germain none of them none of them will be able to live with newcastle you're right, Steve, that it's absolutely, totally, and utterly unfair. Now, smoke's been coming out the ears. Yeah. yeah. Reading everything, saying this is the green light in Newcastle, as though it didn't affect anyone else. Why on earth do you think the other clubs voted against it, that allowed seven or eight clubs voted against it, would stopped it happening? They didn't vote, vote against it because they wanted Newcastle United to have some sort of unfair advantage they did that because they were protecting their own situation there's a lot of clubs that want deals to go between two there's also a lot of clubs that have a secondary or a third or a fourth club the same as we have with saudi and and they are afraid clubs like man city um, etc are afraid that if this goes had gone through etc they want to send players they sign like the young kid that's at free and with us now they want to send them out on loan to some of their feeder clubs but yes. if transfers are stopped between feeder clubs and main clubs then that avenue was close to them it is not just a card blanche to newcastle it is the way why do you think so many clubs stopped it happening to do Newcastle a favour, I don't think so, because they were looking after their own interests and it's not in their own interest for this to happen. And you're right as well. Most of the Saudi clubs don't want players that have gone out there for a few months to then ship back into, into the UK um, because they didn't enjoy it in Saudi. So that doesn't build up their reputation or their, the way they appear to the outside world if that happens. The only advantage is for some players that if you were a total mercenary and you only went to Saudi for the cash, then you came back to play in the Premier League on loan you've got to stay on the wage that you signed for in Saudi. If the Saudi club pays half of it and the club you're going to pays half of it, but you're still on the big books, the, the obscene big books I'm talking about, so that you then would come back to be on loan in Newcastle. I mean, you might want to come back totally if, if you didn't really like it. But if you come back on loan for six months to replace Tenali from Saudi to Newcastle, as an example... Then the big bucks you sign for in Saudi, you continue to get. Whether Newcastle do a deal that the Saudi club pays some of it and we pay some of it, uh, you're still on the big bucks from the player's point of view. But um, yes, I think the whole business is so out, overblown because A, it's unfair to me to think it's only about Newcastle United. And B, it's unfair to think there's a barrel load of players over in Saudi desperate to get on the next plane and come and play in, in back in England. Mm. What's your thoughts, Mal? Um, I think that uh, I think that, 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 that football and football clubs and 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 the uh, Premier League and other and other bodies that they have got to totally rethink the game is changing it's changing in a in a uh, in a very modern way for for you know if 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 if, if we were to go back 20 20 years even um to think of 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 these conglomerates worldwide conglomerates owning clubs um, all in different countries, it would just—it would just never have passed through our minds, John, would it? Not at all. No, you're absolutely right. It's a—it's a total. Yeah. It's this is this is a whole new avenue that is taking football in into into its next stage, um, and and there are them that don't like it. 
that they've got that you know when you talk when when you're talking about the the, the big six in this country for heaven's sake uh that it, it, it every everything has gone their way for the past few years and by heavens they don't like it um when uh, when things are starting to change and they are starting to change and not just here in in this in this country's football but around the world yeah oh ab absolutely right and i noticed there was a little message went across about uh Nottingham Forest bringing in a couple of players from Olympiacos who yes. they've got the same owner of course and I know this was a Premier League decision this week that uh, knocked the idea on the head but Watford who have dropped out the Premier League admittedly now and are in mm -hmm. um, the Championship but when they were in the Premier League they, the number of players that switched between Watford and Udinese or Udinese yeah. and Oxford, <laughs> Watford because they were owned by the same Italians, you know, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's nothing new and it's not just about Newcastle United doing that. But as Malcolm says, in the old days, when, we, when I was part of the Magpie group that got John Hall into power to take over Newcastle, what a different world that was. We had to spend two years buying up shares from the little old lady in Cornwall who had three shares to a big dollop of shares held by somebody else living in Scotland. And you had to go around everybody, which is why it took two years and buy up all the shares from them until you had enough to, to take over the power and yes. boot out. The, the people, the families who own Newcastle United forever because the shares were passed from father to son. It didn't matter about town. didn't matter whether you love football or not. The shares were just passed on and you ran Newcastle United unchallenged. Mm -hmm. The John Hall thing changed all that, but it was a, a local millionaire trying to buy his local club and make things happen in the way that mm -hmm. Jack Walker did at Blackburn when he bought Blackburn. Now, yes. that, that is now a thing of yesterday. Local, yeah, don't, local millionaires don't buy their local club anymore if the local club's a Premier League-type club. I'm not talking about League Two. Don't buy the, the anymore because it's billionaires <sighs> out of America, out of America or ill-gotten gains in Russia or state-owned conglomerates that buy clubs now it is a totally different world being a millionaire in football terms in the premier league is being a pauper you've got sure. to be a billionaire you've got to be a billionaire or a conglomerate they they can go in and blow everybody out the water football has changed so so much in ownership and who owns it from the days when for about a hundred years Newcastle United was run from father to son. Sure. Shareholders and everybody could be a little shareholder living all over the country and yep. you all had a stake. Yeah, and, and, and the and clubs were totally reliant on the on the gates that came through the turnstile. Absolutely. These, yes. these days um it started with Sky some 20, 25 odd years ago. Um probably 30 years ago now um it started with sky but now we've got amazon netflix and a whole host of other stations and they are chucking money into football um in such crazy fashion um and and that that money it it is it's attracting huge business on a worldwide scale and and it's it's not only it's not only these people wanting to get involved in football but but you have a look at what newcastle united did for um sports direct my mike ashley's company when when mike ashley bought newcastle united sports direct was a national company albeit it was the biggest national company um in in this in the sportswear market but he bought Newcastle United 
and using the black and white shirts, um, etc., etc., et of Newcastle United, he got Newcastle United to take Sports Direct to, to just about every major city in the world. And Sports Direct on the back of Newcastle United became recognized. And he, he doesn't need, he, and, and three or four years ago, he didn't need Newcastle United any, um, anymore because the job was done. Newcastle United turned Sports Direct from a national company to a global company. I mean, some going. If you look at how much football has changed at the highest level, i.e., running clubs, I mean, within my lifetime, with just looking back with Newcastle United to when you were playing, Malcolm. Now, no names, no pack drill in this story because that would be terribly unfair. But I was travelling with Newcastle United at the time and I'm sitting on this Saturday morning in the reception area of the hotel where Newcastle had stayed overnight and I'm having a cup of coffee with one of the young players who's just come down and said, oh, hello, Gibbo, how are you? I said, come on, have a coffee. And he sat down and we're just passing it, not trying to get a story, not anything, passing the time of day, you're looking forward to this afternoon, etc., etc. Suddenly the door opens and the director comes down and says, hey, John, how are you doing? I says, I'm all right. He says, who's this then? And he points at the player. I said, this is the young lad that's going to make his debut for your team this afternoon. And he had no idea who he was. <laughs> I mean, that's how much the finger was on the button. Like, you know, <laughs> he says, hello, John, how are you? He was listening. I says, this is the young lad that's going to make his debut for your team. Introducing him to a director. That is the sort of power which was obscene from the old days and, and which was thankfully overcome it's a different world now now it is a whole different world john isn't it totally absolutely. different world absolutely okay newcastle united take on chelsea this coming saturday and uh, it is a good old-fashioned three o'clock kickoff means it won't be televised of course and uh, following victories over brentford burnley crystal palace and arsenal newcastle are bidding to make it five successive premier league home wins and clean sheets uh, obviously, we have no team news as such because uh, Eddie Howe's press conference takes, uh, takes place on a Friday. Um, Rumours abound that Sean Longstaff will be missing, um, although we'll find out more tomorrow from Eddie, as I've already mentioned. Um, he is already uh, one uh, yellow card away, of course, from serving a suspension. So um, if he is available, you'll have to watch yourself. Bruno, though, is back. Uh, he suffered a similar fate, five yellow cards equal to one match suspension. Uh, but he is back. Lewis Hall will be ineligible because we're playing Chelsea, who, of course, yeah. are his parent club. Miggy Almiron, though, should feature. Uh, there was talk of him being out for a considerable period of time, uh, but he pulled out of international duty with Paraguay. He's had a bit of a rest, and his hamstring problem is apparently uh, a lot better, so he hopefully will be available. And Alexander Izak is forecast to have returned to training ahead of this game as well. Uh, but that still leaves, leaves the walking wounded, of course. And I feel like I have to go through this prior to every game. Elliot Anderson, Harvey Barnes, Sven Botman, Dan Byrne, Javier Manquillo, Jacob Murphy, Matt Target, uh, Callum Wilson, and of course, Sandro Tonali, who is unavailable till August because he is banned. Uh, Kieran Trippier, of course, returned from the England uh, squad early because of a personal issue, uh, but he is fit and ready to go. Ruled out from Chelsea, uh, Tre uh, Trevor Chalabar, uh, Ben Chilwell, Carney Chukawumika and Wesley Fafana. Uh, but Lavia and Nkunku are possible returnees. Um, again, big game this for, for Newcastle. Simon Hooper is uh, in the middle. He, he's the referee. Uh, last time he handled the Newcastle game was a 2-2 draw with uh, Leeds. And VAR... Uh, as we say, is often switched off, is John Brooks. Big game this, always a big game. Newcastle, Chelsea, it's St. James's. It's a one we always look forward to, uh, always has something ab about it. Um, Newcastle, though, after having the international break and, and getting a couple of players back, hopefully one or two more, uh, not too far away from returning as well, 
we want we want to bounce back from the Bournemouth game, Malcolm, wouldn't they? Well, yes, oh, absolutely, because uh, that that was a, a real stinker for Newcastle. Uh, yes, we certainly do want to bounce back, and uh, and this is this is going to be a really difficult one because Chelsea have suddenly found their feet. Uh, they were they looked at a, a rag bag sh um, shambles of a side, um, and then and then all of a sudden it all started to fall into place for them. And, and, and the last three or four games, they've, they've, they've had some really good results. And so it's going to be a tight game, that's for sure, um, on Saturday. Uh, uh, and there's a lot of talent in that Chelsea um, side and, 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 well, the whole setup, for heaven's sake. Uh, they've, been, they've spent an absolute fortune. Um, and so, uh, uh, but Newcastle, that they... they they, they're going to be really stretched, I think, on on Saturday to uh, to to um, to get a victory. And, uh, um, but but they've got the ability; they do have the ability to, to do it. Um, and, and hopefully, uh, you you said about Isaac. I'm hoping that Isaac will be playing. Um, I think we need to. We, John made the the the, the point about Gordon being out on the left that's where he's absolutely at his best Isaac causes a lot of problems to back fours um in um in the way that he he moves all across the pitch um and uh, and if, if if we can do that then uh, then I don't see why we can't get a, a, a win um I'm it'll be sad if if Sean Longstaff isn't in the side, um, and, uh, and and I say that because if he's not in the side, we will notice his absence more than we notice his presence when he's playing. And the reason for that is that he does all the donkey work in midfield, a huge amount of donkey work. And when he's not there, that donkey work doesn't get done, you know? And if, if at any time in a, in the game with Sean Longstaff, look at the ball and then look at what's around by about 12 or, or 14 yards, and he'll always be in that circle, always. He's always in support of the ball when Newcastle are in possession. And when they're not in possession, he's always in the vicinity of the ball to look into uh, to defend and, and maybe get a tackle in, he's um, and he his yardage in a football game is probably um, as great as anybody there is in the in the game in this country, um, and 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 he's so he's not he he's not the one that people focus on. But when he's not there, by heavens, he is a real miss, a big miss. And, and, and it, it, he's a bigger miss for all the Newcastle players because they know exactly what he's, he, he does for the side. And when he's not there, by heavens, they miss it. Yep, yep. I mean, I, I think Malcolm's absolutely right. It, it's not going to be the easy game. This is not going to be the easy game that it looked like being yeah. a few yeah. weeks ago. A few weeks ago, Chelsea were in absolute disarray and we were flying. Now, mm. Chelsea have posh has sorted them out to a great extent. And when they play the bigger clubs, and as a side, they finished in the top four last season. I think we qualify for that. When they play the bigger clubs, they raise the game. Since the new manager come in, they've played Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs and Manchester City have all failed to beat them. They've all failed to beat them. And they're quality clubs, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs and Man City, all failed to beat them. We have hit it injury list that's absolutely ginormous and that is the difference now i've been looking at 
where we go from here for this particular match. And bear in mind, this is really a double headache coming up. Before Christmas, our season will be greatly determined by the two results against Chelsea. One, where we want, we need to get back the winning ways in the Premier League on Saturday, and second, the Carabao Cup down there before Christmas, when we want to get into the semi-final. Mm. Because please God, we haven't won um, silverware for Yonks. And if we get in the semi-final of this competition, we have got some chance of winning. And the two sides that we've beaten, John, in the competition so far, are better than Chelsea at the moment. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, but if I look at the team, let's look at this match on Saturday. And Newcastle can put out a starting eleven that I think is quality. And this is what it could be. Pope and goal, back four. Livermento, Lascelles, Sean, Trippier, mid, midfield three, Joe Linton, Bruno, Willick, front three, Almir and Isaac and Gordon. I'm saying yeah. that if, if Sean Longstaff doesn't make it. Now, that starting lineup is quality, especially as it's been rested because it was running on an empty tank down at Bournemouth and by Jove did it show. The problem comes when you look at the bench. We will have no game changers on the bench. Game changers. You need a situation where if it's not not one one after an hour, you throw on somebody that does the business and you go on and win. Our subs bench on Saturday. Dubrovka's the natural cover goalkeeper. But then who? The, the three senior players who will be on the bench are Kraft, Dummett and Ritchie, all of whom... Wouldn't even get on the bench when everybody's fit. They wouldn't yeah. get on the bench in the Premier League when everybody's fit. After that, we'll go to Miley and a few academy blokes, possibly a second goalkeeper having to be on the bench, and maybe even one place of the nine not taken up at all. Now, their bench will be packed with players because they've got so many players that they can't all get a peg in the dressing room when they're training. Um, now, <laughs> what concerns me is not the starting eleven, but it's what we've got on the bench. And we've got nothing to bother as a goalkeeper covers. We, that's not necessary. Kraft, Dummett and Richie, God bless them. They have been good servants to Newcastle. They ain't going to change a game. You're not going to get two defenders, Kraft and Dummett, changing the course of a game. And Richie, bless him, is past his sell-by date. Miley's tomorrow's star, not necessarily today's star. We haven't got a good bench. And that is one of the major difference. Our starting eleven will look fine, providing Isaac is, is firing on all cylinders. And first game back after a long time off, you're not. And he sure ain't going to last 60 minutes. And 90 minutes, by the way, if he starts... After 60 minutes, he's looking to come off. Who comes on? Who comes on? Richie to play outside left and you move Gordon across? Well, mm. bless him. I've got a lot of time for what Richie's done for Newcastle. But he ain't going to change the course of a game on Saturday afternoon against Chelsea if he comes on outside left, is he? In my opinion, he's not. And he, all you've got is either Dummett or Kraft a little Miley who's going to be super, super, super duper. But are you going to bring him on now and say, right, you're going to change absolutely everything, son, aren't you? I mean, it's expecting an awful lot. There is a problem with the bench. There's not a problem with the starting eleven. And bear in mind, we'll go straight to Paris Saint-Germain on Tuesday yes, and then Manchester United up here on Sunday. It's some week, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it just... It's what we wanted. It's what we wanted. Um... Malcolm prediction against Chelsea. Yep, I'm going to take a two-one victory. Two-one victory. I'm going to go two-one as well. John, what about you? I'm going to go with my head for a change because my heart slipped me down a couple of times. I think it'll be a draw. Okay, one-one maybe. I hope that you two lads are right, and I'm hopelessly wrong. By Jove, I do. But uh, I've got a feeling it could be a draw. And why? Because I worry about the last 30 minutes. When, when you change a game with your subs, and mm -hmm. they, they will have more power on the bench yeah. than we'll have on the bench. 
Great stuff as always from the lads on the show. If you want to see Malcolm and uh, Gibbo, they will be at Louise Liquor Store uh, this coming Saturday before the game. Uh, with it being a three o'clock kickoff, they'll be there around 12.45 and then they'll pop in after the game as well. So if you want to go and see the lads, it is free entry. They do do some lovely uh, fried chicken in there. Children are welcome. Uh, so get yourself along to Louise Liquor Store to uh, see the lads. And there's a few tickets left for next Thursday. Uh, the Coach and Horses in Anfield playing. Uh, if you just give the bar a ring um, and ask for the manager, they will sort you some tickets out. But there's a few tickets left for that, not many. That's Thursday, the 30th November. Doors open at 7 for a 7.30 start. Tickets are a tenner. And that's for Anfield playing football club. And uh, that means that next week's show will be live, uh, but it will be at the much earlier time of 10 o'clock next Thursday morning. But lads, thanks as always. Look forward to uh, speaking to you next week. Until then, take care and enjoy the game of the weekend. Absolutely. Let's all enjoy it. Take care, guys.